Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, tea, coffee, whatever you like in the fridge. Make yourselves at home. Let's chill out, relax, and enjoy yourselves a lovely conversation. So I'm sitting here today with the one and only Jamie Morgan of Code Orange. Make some noise for the internet, my friend. Okay, 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 okay. What's up? Everyone's happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. So how the fuck have you been? It's been a while. I ran into you like a couple months ago, but aside from that, it's been quite a while. Yeah, for sure. No, I've been good, man. We're just doing our thing, you know? That's it. Just working, making it happen, trying. Yeah, I would say make definitely making it happen. You guys put out a killer fucking album this year, so I want to put that on the top. I think it's a really, really awesome record. It was actually probably one of my favorite records of the year. And I'm not just saying that to say that I was really, really impressed with it. Thank you so much, man. I really, I appreciate that. Especially having known us or just been like around us and we've been in different circles and sometimes the same, but for a long time, that means a lot. Cause you know, a lot of times it's hard with sometimes people who, you know, start at the beginning of your journey. It's just hard for them to like, you know, comprehend where it ends up, which I totally get because I've been on the other side of that. But anytime somebody I've known for a long time is still riding with it, it means a lot to me. So thank you. Definitely, man. It's been really cool to watch your band grow because I think, you know, some of the first shows I was playing would have been with you guys when you were first starting out. So I really got to see like the whole journey and it was really cool because like the stuff that you're doing, like what, you know, Code Orange turned into and grew into over the years, it just got so much more intense. And I was always about that intensity. Not that it wasn't intense, but you know, you just, you're growing and you're learning so much about what you're doing as a band and shit like that. So, I mean, like we could start with that because like, you know, I was, you know, I've always been really surprised with every album that Code Orange has put out because you're always like, I wasn't expecting you to go in that direction, but it totally makes sense. So what was the evolution for you just as a musician, like coming up in high school, starting to play bands? Do you think that you would be doing like the kind of shit you're doing now? Oh, no, for sure not. But I mean, I definitely thought we would be doing the band. I think that's the key was the key is like, just belief that probably basically due to ignorance and like something probably you can relate to because of where the city we're from is like, at least for us in high school, you know, there wasn't all this stuff that had like boiled over to the, on, on some big level. So it almost didn't feel like there was this heavy expectation of like, Oh, we need to get to this point because we didn't even really know anybody who was at any kind of point, you know, there was like anti-flag who we were going to their shows all the time. And they were always like awesome to us, even when we first started. And, um, but if you like for us, you know, the path was very, 
you know, uh, goggles, you know, it was just straightforward because we weren't really distracted by like, oh man, this band we know is so successful. And sometimes I kind of feel bad for like, I don't know, like the, some of the bands coming up now, not that we've been so successful or anything, but we've obviously cracked into like the, the other side a little bit. And I wonder if that clouds people's vision. Cause the way we got to that point was by obviously always believing in ourselves, but more importantly, like believing the next thing was a fucking huge deal every single thing we did from being able to fucking pay to play open for like the misfits basically by selling tickets <laughs> yeah all the way through you know j- the, the fucking jerry only misfits at altar bar all the way through you know just every step signing to like i remember the first sign we didn't sign but we put a seven inch out on this label called like mayfly records and to us that was like this fucking giant deal and if it didn't feel like that at the time, I wonder if we would have stopped and been like, is this worth it? You know? So I kind of feel bad for bands coming up, not just around here, but like, it's tough whenever you see so much stuff, you see stuff working on a certain level. It makes you feel like you have to do that. And we never felt like that. So to that will didn't really answer your question, but you know, basically, you know, long, long story short, no, I didn't think we would, I guess, musically be where we're at per se, but because how can you know? But in terms of being a group and being friends and being a band, anybody who knew us back then knew that that's, it was always that way. You know what I mean? And it's the same. There's been peripheral people who have come and gone, but it's the same core people, you know, yeah, same def- shit. Definitely. There was no doubt in my mind. I mean, the first time I saw you motherfuckers live, I was like, oh, this is, this is something different. There's just an energy, not even like the energy that you had, but the energy that people that were fucking with you had was like, it was really, really cool to see that. And I think the thing that fucks up a lot of people that are like underground, starting local, whatever you want to call it, is I think that yeah. it's so easy when you're in this like DIY culture to believe that you can't be more than that. Or even worse, there are some people that feel like it's like not okay to be more than that. Like it's like, like being a sellout or like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't sell my t-shirts for more than 10 bucks and we shouldn't charge more than five bucks for a show, which I get, but I think it holds a lot of bands back from being able to get to that next step, actually being able to get out on the road, save up for a fucking van or just do those things. You know, like there's this weird counterproductive mentality sometimes to some aspects of DIY culture. For sure. Oh, for sure. I see it on both sides. It's like a tightrope and the tightrope has helped us so much because on one side i really think having like a moral ground to stand on to on some level of being like like you mentioned t-shirts you know we struggled with that i mean every time we would bump five dollars on the t-shirt we would it would it was a big conversation you know i think that's good to have as a root because it helps you inform your decisions Almost every decision we've made, I really can look on proudly because we did really think about it on like a, I don't even want to call it ethical, but like we didn't just say, yeah, we'll take it. You know, I won't say who, but like when we were, when we were teenagers coming out of high school and we didn't have shit going on, a pretty like decent size, I'll tell you like now I don't know if I'd say they were a big at the time. It felt like a big label, a bigger label than where we ended up going, which was Deathwish. Okay, yeah, came to us and offered to buy us a van to do a number of things that at the time felt like, well, this will change our whole shit. You know, this we can do so much, and we didn't do it. 
we didn't do it because it just, I felt like the path would be foiled at that point. If people couldn't see us go step to step to step, and if we didn't go the hard road of step to step to step, if we did get to a certain point, we'd already be beat because there's no foundation to be built on. So hardcore and punk gave me that mentality to say no. On the flip, and I agree with what you're saying on the other end of the tightrope, which is you're 100% right. It's also a shoot yourself in the foot kind of world in a lot of ways. It's a eat the people around you in a lot of kind of ways if they don't choose to walk that walk that that path that what and and a lot of people who are the ones preaching that kind of thing you tend to find out are either not living it in any kind of real way in reality or b come from a place whether it's culturally sometimes financially whatever where they're so in reality disconnected from that that they're trying to um compensate by being like the epitome of diy right and that's like the classic tale so i think being having that balance has really helped us because it's like on one end we know where the line of no is and we've done it many times and that high school moment was a big moment and we went to death wish instead which there was no it wasn't like hey we'll give you money it was just like we'll do a record we'll pay to make the record which was fucking awesome at the time and that's that right the other label, I almost said the name, I'm not going to, the other label <laughs> was like, we'll give you this, that, but we knew, you know, so both things, both things. Yeah. I think, you know, having a good head on your shoulders and just being able to feel out something, I think going with your gut is a big thing. And the other thing yeah. too, environment plays so much a huge role in the success of a band or a success of anything. And I think that in the time where you were at going with a label like Death Wish environmentally made so much more sense with like the the geography of that music and that style at the time. It, I think, I mean, I don't have no idea what the other label was, but I think that you yeah. guys made the right fucking decision for sure. Well, for sure. And I, it was also even, it was even more than that because now i'm remembering death wish was even like a step later like when death wish came along all we ever wanted to be was on death wish so it was a no-brainer at the time but right previous to that it was this label and let's say something that at the time like was felt similar to death wish but wasn't death wish which was our favorite label right so death wish being involved made it easier but even before that it was like we can't go this way like it might be easier but it's like what's what are we going to think about ourselves? Like this label doesn't fit us. You know, like let's say we have a record and we have a van and stuff. If no one, if when that's done, no one gives a shit, what does it matter? You know what I mean? Like if we didn't build it up like a house from the, from the ground, then we would be beat. But yeah, no man, dude, being when, when death wish got in the fold, that was, you know, that was everything to us. That's all we really wanted to be on because the type of shit we liked and the type of shit we were getting into. So it was, that was like a dream come true at the time, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think just being able to be brought into that community and tour with those bands and get those fans on board with your shit was probably a huge step in growth for you guys. <laughs> Dude, and we only ever got on Death Wish because we opened a Converge. So this is like a cool thing because like sometimes, okay, you know, Opening shows is a fucking 50-50. Sometimes you open a show and, dude, no one gives a shit. Like, yeah. we've been there. We've been there on the other end, you know, where 
it's like you're not even there for the band because something happened xyz but sometimes you open a show and like we opened that converge show it was us it was in braddock i don't know if you remember it but it was like us hounds of hate i think um i think maybe it was yeah um converge it was some big show and they did it at like a Braddock, like VFW hall. And it was, and that was how we got signed to Deathwish. I mean, I guess he saw us and combined with making a little noise on the internet and stuff. That was that. And we got, we got, we were put on like very shortly after that. So that's a cool thing too. Cause sometimes you do it and it fucking works out. Sometimes you do that opening shit and you're first of six or whatever. Like we've been a bajillion times and it works out, you know? Yeah. I think that, one of the things that I've also noticed as an outsider looking in at what you guys have done would be just like your willingness to like communicate and collaborate and work with other people and not be like standoffish. I find that you guys are very, you know, open and really like cool and down for doing whatever and working with different people. So that's another thing that's really interesting too about, you know, the DIY community in some aspects is it can be real standoffish and people can be not willing to talk to each other or fuck with each other. And it really holds people back. Do you find that that like, you know, willingness to just be cool with other people and show respect to other people has helped you out? Yeah. You know, I think it's all in the eye of the beholder. There's many people in our community that I think are wrong and idiots that would say that we're the opposite of that. So it's the eye of it's in the eye of the beholder. I agree with you. I believe that for the most part, maybe for um, you know, maybe when we were younger, it might have been not done as well. But I think for the most part, we have tried to do that. And we've been like, if if you consider it like teams, we've been let go from many DIY communities. You name it, fucking punk. Honestly, I was gonna say hardcore, but other than like hardcore, yeah. Punk, emo, fucking noise, name it. We've been let go from all of them at different times. But our group of friends, like in early high school, like some of the kids have that were some of my closest friends are that were then are in a band called Brightside, right? And they're still kicking it and killing it. And they're like an emo type band. And it used to be us, them. We had kids who were super deep in like the noise scene, like the house noise scene, even like in high school, a couple punk kids, like super punk rock kids. Um, So the way we came up, it was also, we were all like in all of it. We didn't even know, you know, the difference. So that willingness that you're describing was just because that was our natural environment. We more got pushed out of the willingness of anything. Like when we started one by those same kids who we're now friends with again now, so I could say, but like Brightside and stuff, who we definitely went a different way from them. But even before that, and then now we've come back together, which is great. But even before that, you know, it's like, I always felt like as soon as we were doing something that was good for us, we were starting to get pushed out of that community. Until honestly, we found what those people were telling us was the worst community, which was like the hardcore, hardcore, I guess, if you want to call it community, that to me was by far the most accepting of all that. And I'm not saying that's true on a broad scale, but the things we would do, we were supported, even going from the kind of punk hardcore community to the hardcore, hardcore-ish community. And now I'm getting like real niche, but people who know what I'm saying will know what the fuck I'm talking about, especially people here from here, you know, um, 
we found a lot more acceptance in that. And like those people are still our friends now. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of people in punk hardcore and emails will tell you the opposite. So I don't know. All I know is when I was in those communities, I felt like there was a lot of eating itself going on, you know? And I'm sure we made mistakes and we weren't always like, I'm sure he's come off as standoffish and come off as Napa. We have tried, man. We really have tried to keep connected, to stay connected to, to, like you said, early on, we play with every kind of band. We played at this fucking church with like a bunch of Christian bands. We used all the time that were a lot of our friends. We used to play with the hardcore bands. We used to play with the emo bands. We did it all, you know, and that's definitely helped us like, in the in the like major music world like to see where you can pull things from and try to connect it you know yeah i think you know i over the years i've read you know a couple interviews that you've done for this and that and i think that if anything you're just very no bullshit you're just a no bullshit person and i think you need to be to be able to survive in the entertainment industry. And I think that there's Thank just you. this like no bullshitness that some people can't understand, or they may somewhat for some reason take it personally when it has nothing to do with them. And I think that maybe yeah. if anything, that is what like rubs off wrong on people. Cause I feel like I've done the same thing to some people because of the way I talk. And it's just like, I'm just being real. And if you want to be successful in any capacity and what you're doing, you got to be fucking real. Stop acting like you're fucking. There's also there's also a lot of motherfuckers out there. I see you that stuff that everybody know, which is like what really happened is they would talk shit about us. I would know. They would try to come back or act like it didn't happen, and they would get called out. And then that and then from there, they scramble and they make up a story in their head for how that works. Oh, they think they're tough, and it's like you're talking shit. And I'm not even saying just the music, like about us personally and then you want to come back around and then it's my fault that i don't I, like no one no that i don't want you to be around you know what sure. i mean so that's and and but i completely agree i mean you have to you can you're not going to please everybody people who have been there for us know that we've been there for them and we will continue to be and like i said even though I, like i'm very happy to have reconnected with certain people as well like those kids i'm not afraid to say like them those kids in Brightside were some of my best friends in the world at the time they were as close to me as these guys are and then it seemed like that parasite kind of ate at it and it goes one way and you go the other way but now we're all older old enough and have been to like come back together and that's a beautiful thing and I, i would love more of that you know that's the interesting thing too to keep in mind is like whenever all of this was really taken off, you're still all growing up. Oh, know? for sure. So, and like just life in general is so wild, even if you're not in a band that's starting to blow up. But having all of that just personal life change, oh, now I'm done with high school. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm in this fucking band. How the fuck am I going to manage this? This is wild. Am I, like, is this real? I'm sure there was probably a few years that didn't even feel like it was real life. But this is what we, these kids don't get. Dude, it has been so much goddamn work, like more than I could have ever imagined in high school. We have been touring. Take everything else out of it. All of the things we try to do on top of that, just touring for so long. We've never done one tour in a bus. We've been touring in a fucking van for like nine months a year, all the way up until this thing. Yeah. So they can say what they want to say, but I've slept on every floor. I've slept with my head next to literally dog shit 
and animal shit and piss and people doing drugs around and all kinds of fucking shit. We've been through it. We went, we went through it. So that's given us the confidence to just not like when people say what they say sometimes, which again, I feel like, which I'm happy with in the past, like two years has definitely lessened a lot more and more. Cause I just think we've solidified our place, you know, but especially when forever came out and like when I am King was starting to really go, it's like, I just don't believe you. Like I was there. You know what I mean? I know what we've done and what we've had to do. And I know you're not willing to do it. And not only are you not willing to do it, you didn't do it. So that's on you. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we went from being small to like big. There's been, we've toured the US fucking a hundred something times. And on the 90th time we got there, the kids came home and said, is this your first time here? That still happens. Everywhere I play, is this your first time here? They don't even know. It's like it never even happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I have a hard time feeling bad for people who really never did any of that, but they are like, they feel some type of way about it. It's like, they should be proud. Nobody has, gr- nobody has grinded to get to this point. Not even, and I met a lot of the big bands. None of them have grinded in the way that we have and bands around us have. They have, they didn't have to. It was a different time. Yeah. You know what I mean? When the bands in the 90s were big and the, they didn't have to, you know, I, I talked to Anthrax. Their first tour was on like a mega, what like accounts as like a mega bus. Yeah. And they're, they, 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 they're fucking badass. And trust me, they worked their ass off and been doing it for years, fucking respectful and all that stuff. But they didn't have to do a hundred tours in a fucking van. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I just, that's kind of how I feel. It's kind of like, do it, do it, or just shut up. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We're willing to do it. Are you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I, it. Yeah. I don't think people realize. So I, you know, a funny story related with you guys would be whenever you did your album release live stream, uh, I bought a shirt from you guys. Oh, and, fuck yeah. And I'm pretty sure uh, whenever the shirt came in, I saw it was sent from Code Orange in Pittsburgh, PA. And I was like, are these motherfuckers still sending out their own merch? Oh, we send it all out every single, every single piece. Yeah. Isn't that, and like, I was like, not, not that I was like thinking that you shouldn't. It's just wild that it's like, you know, you're still a band that is operating on that level of those DIY things. You got to get this shit done. It's like, fuck. Many people probably wouldn't even realize that like these guys are still sending out their own fucking t shirts. Yeah. They don't realize. And that's okay. I mean, literally, Dom and Joe ship our shirts every day from like 9 a.m to like 6 p.m every day like a full-time job on top of during during the pandemic on top of everything else that we do and me and shade and reba design everything and reba mainly and i help like run the store and we do it and we have a print shop that fucking rules my man stello what the fuck's his shit called he's he's he's, ml screen printing yeah he they print all our shit so i mean we're still you know and he's the fucking man. I've known him forever. And we, we print, we've printed thousands and thousands of things through them because of that relationship, you know, and he does a killer job and he's operating on the same level that we're, we are, you know? So yeah, that's how we do it, man. I mean, I mean, there, there's been points where we had like merch stores and stuff, but we took it back. We took, we took it all the way back, like in the past couple of years. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely the best move, especially if you're trying to, you know, sustain this monetarily, particularly in these times, just like cut out the middle people. You have the means to do it. Just fucking do it yourself. Exactly. And I wanted to be able to do what I see people in other genres, not just of music, but of art do, which is something happens, the shirt's up. They got an idea, the shirt's up. Not this rock 
punk metal bullshit where it takes so long to get to the thing. It's like, we have an idea. Let's put it up right now and just and do it. You know what I mean? And that seems to work really well, that model. And so we based that off of, you know, we learned, we even learned as a, like a little wrestling connection for people who like wrestling. Um, the young bucks who are wrestlers in what's called AEW. Now they run it, but they were like independent wrestlers at the time and they were pretty hot. They had this really booming like shirt thing they were doing. And they would kind of put like, like I remember one time we played this fucking, uh, we played this festival, this hip hop festival. And the set was actually fucking terrible, but there was a great picture of Joe smashing his bass. And I guess it like went viral with people being like mad at us about smashing it. Cause they said like, you shouldn't smash an instrument and all this shit. So the next day we put up a shirt that's just him smashing the bass. It just says, fuck them all. <laughs> and we sold and boom, we sold hundreds of those. Yeah. So we took a set where literally no one watched us. You can see in that picture, there's no one in the, you, we made sure you don't see the crowd. We had one cool moment. People didn't like it and we turned it into something. So now that shows into something. And that's because we do we we're doing it a lot of it ourselves. So we took that mentality and applied that to our store. And we learned that from what I was saying, the young, the young bucks uh and their wife, uh I believe it's Matt's wife. His name is her name is Dana. Her she helped Reba help us figure out like some of the infrastructure a little bit, just give us some tips on how to do your own web store the way that they did it. And they have built an empire off that. And now they have this giant company that's on fucking TNT every Wednesday. So, you know, just learning from people around us basically and trying to apply that to this side of the, the fence, you know, no doubt. So with touring full time, well now, you know, different, but prior to that, you know, leading up to, you know, how I want to put this, I guess just in general, when the fuck do you find time to write music with everything that's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, man, I got to tell you people again, like, I'm, I only hammer this home just because it's true. And like, I, I want people to know in a way it's like, we work on this 24 seven, like every day. Like I live with Dom and Joe We're sitting in my fucking dining room. Right. Like we are always doing shit to the point where the writing music is like fun because the other shit sucks. A lot of it. You know what I mean? There's so much shit. We have like a now we have this streaming show. We're obviously writing music. We run the merch store. Um, there's so many pro like projects and stuff going on, and that's the way that I like it. And then we just keep it's like a stack of dom of like fucking dominoes or something. We just keep adding more and more and more. The workload now during this coronavirus shit is probably more than it ever was. We were looking forward to touring because it was taken off work because of the amount of work that went into the fucking record. Like, and it's not just, we don't operate on the way that a lot of bands do where you write some stuff, you go in the studio, you work with the guy, maybe you write something together. No, it's like fucking surgery. We write it all. We demo it like a you know, fucking record full on with hundreds of tracks on each demo. Then we record it. Then we take the physical recordings from the guy, edit a lot of our own takes, do what amounts to a mix go to our guy, will work with him more on the mix, add stuff. So like it's a full fledged, you know, it's more equivalent to like how I think a lot of hip hop guys make it now, but with a full band, you know? And, uh, so the writing music part is fun. And like, 
it's just a balance. Like this is my life full time. As long as this is going to be my life, I want to commit everything to it and just really try and just see what we can make of it and not, not bitch out honestly on that front of like, Oh, this is hard. Like I don't have time. We're very grateful and lucky that it is by the skin of our teeth and it's not, it's very small about what people who work at Wendy's make, but we are able to do this as a job. So if it's a job, like I don't have to work another job right now. If it's a job, you treat it like a fucking job and not just a job you work in and clock and clock out a job you own. And what happens that if you are productive that day, then that helps our bottom line. If not, nothing happens. It's up to us. You know what I mean? And a lot of the things that we've done, like wrestling and stuff that you would think, oh, this came from a label or not. We hunted for those things. We had to go get those things. They didn't come from that because there's a million bands, you know? So I feel uh, the songwriting part's fun and we always find time for it. I mean, we find time for everything. Yeah. With the songwriting and just like, you know, over the years, I think the biggest change to your sound has been like, you know, the introduction and amplification of like, you know, hardcore editing and electronics and all of that stuff. And I'm curious what it was like finding out about like how you can incorporate that stuff into your music when you were starting to because it's like a big change and kind of a bold thing a lot of people were kind of like oh you shouldn't do that stuff with metal but people have been doing it and like what was it like for you deciding like this is the road we're gonna go this is the sound that we want to create it was i think it was like building blocks like for real like for i am king even okay the first one return to dust the first record Obviously, because of the type of experimental kind of music we were into, there was a lot of experimenting with like guitar loop pedals and stuff. And I think, honestly, people will probably remember, we're not like the first band to do it or anything, but we, you know, I thought had helped bring back the idea of like doing these kind of guitar loops in between songs and stuff like that. And that other bands were doing that too, like Girl Fight and bands from around here. And we picked up on some of that from them. And that kind of doing those loops on guitar. And then for instance, we're meeting, we're meeting all these different bands, you know, we're like, shout out to Matt Barry, who we worked with early, who like, we were picking up on stuff from him. Um, he was the first guy to record us. Well, there was another guy, but he was fucked up. <laughs> he was like the first legit guy to record us and he's still legit. And if you need someone to record your shit, you should go to him here. But, uh, you know, it just built. It was like, okay, pedals turns into noises, turns into I am king. There's a little bit of keyboard sounds are fucking with the car blues, and then shade. It's like real is really like going that way, and then going into forever. Shade's just like turning this into his thing and like leveling up. So during forever, we're like, man, fuck this. Like, let's get Dom, who was our great friend at the time, and played in adventures. And he's I've known him since sixth grade. Yeah. So we could trust him. Let's give him a shot. Cause he had, to, he was doing some cool shit and he was killing it in adventures. And so shape to focus on that. So we passed a guitar thing off the Dom shape focus on that. And just, it really just turned out that shades mind is so wired for this kind of thing that we just kind of lucked out. Cause he's like a little fucking genius. And if it was me who decided I'm just going to pick up keyboards, it wouldn't happen. But he got so good so quick that then going into forever, we had all that, it just became this natural like layering and then by the time we're a little bit in a forever the in-between song shit we're doing is so fucking insane that like you know we were always into the in-between song soundscapes and stuff we were always into that but the ability was growing 
And as the ability grows, your eyes widen and you start to see the possibilities. And, you know, going into forever and then going into this record, especially it's like, how can we take this new instrument and figure out a new way, hopefully to implement it, you know, learn from industrial and learn from all this shit we love, but do something a little bit different, make our own mix with it. And I think on this record, we've really finally achieved that because I think this record sounds like a lot of things, but it doesn't sound like anything. There's no, there's no record that this is the same as, you know what I'm saying? And De- I think I'm happy with that. Definitely. I would agree with that 100% because like I've been listening to, you know, I grew up listening to metal. I grew up listening to industrial harsh stuff, you know, at the time, you know, whenever we would have first met and, you know, I was playing in bands that were like outside of my comfort zone. I was just in bands with friends. I was always in to much heavier electronic stuff than one bands I was playing in. It was just, that was the stuff I listened to. So, you know, it's really cool hearing, you know, what you're doing now, because I think not only is it so intense and so unique, but it's unbelievably accessible, which I think is really, really cool. Like there's like genuine songwriting that I find in your music that I think fi- I find to be the most impressive. Like you mentioned it being very Thank surgical you. and I can definitely tell that there's a lot of nuance and time that goes into every little fucking thing because another th- problem with this style of music, sometimes whenever you're trying to blend, you know, heavy organic instruments with electronics is people just kind of do it without any thought to like oh it just sounds cool it's like well it sounds cool but this has no musical purpose i feel like i agree you guys actually dig in a lot deeper which is what i really really like about it purpose has to be the forefront and because the records are so thematic like as you can fucking see on my wall it's it's one vision you know these are the fucking promo posters for these three records in a row that are seven years apart or whatever we stayed the course you know and that's a lot of why we switched it up after that first one, because we saw a lot more of a long-term course we could take, but for sure. Agree, couldn't agree with you more. And I really appreciate what you said about the songwriting. Thank you very much. You've all, you also have always been willing to put yourself out there and try different stuff. And I feel for a lot of people that don't have, maybe because they didn't find the people really young, but it's really hard when you don't have people around you and you're not insulated by that to like grow together. And because we built it so young, we were able to do that. So we could take those influences and put them in the in the mix. So I commend a lot of what you've done because you've been in bands with lots of people, but in a lot of ways, you got yourself motivated. You got to ride solo and find find those waves on your own, and that's fucking awesome because that's way harder than what it is I've had to do because I've had these these guys around me and that are almost like indoctrinated because we were all so young. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just all we know. So. I think, but yeah, in terms of songwriting, the tightrope of this record, I mean, even the last record, but more so this record, and probably more so going forward, is how to push it in terms of still being extreme and and detailed and technical, but making it accessible because that's what we like. And that's what we all that's why on I Am King, there is like a moment on every song, like a pit, because what's the point if not you know what i mean like if there's nothing to remember like for me like i like listening to crazy ass shit and like zoning out to it and vibing to it but for being in a band i never saw the point of doing something that's you know it can be scattered but there has to be memorable moments a lot of them and it's all based on memorable moments and that's turned into choruses and turned into hopeful accessibility you know definitely i think it's about you know if music is a conversation between 
you as a performer and the fan or the person as a listener. It's a conversation between the two of you, right? It's like you want it to be a conversation that's memorable. And I think a lot of times some bands just get really caught up in like technicality or selfishness where it's like all of a sudden it's just like somebody's talking to themselves. You're not trying to communicate with the listener. Whereas I feel like what you guys are trying to do is actually create these like, you know, very dynamic moments that people can connect with. But the cool thing about it is like, it's not, you're genuinely doing it because you also want to do it. It's not like just accessibility for the sake of like hopeful profit or hopeful success. It's accessibility because we want to have this conversation with our fans. 100%. And we 100% want to be successful. Don't ever, I'll never fucking, but like, dude, it, we wouldn't have chose this road if that was the fucking primary goal, because this is the hardest road to take. Like, and you can hear it like on our adventures record or on other things, you know, we could write something very accessible that I think could be very catchy that has nothing to do with code orange has different kind of music. I believe we have the ability to do that, especially at this point with everything we've learned. But we like taking this hardware. We like trying to forge new ground. And we like music a lot of times that is, that is memorable and accessible also. So it's about trying to find a new way to balance those things and still ha- retain the character. And that is what's so hard about making our records and what takes us so much fucking time is to find that balance in every single turn. And ride the waves of the track list. And inside each song, ride the waves of that. And make sure each song is exciting and fun and memorable. And there's not a second that any of us consider to be filler. You know, that is that is the goal, you know? So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I, also, I appreciate just, you know, your patience with writing song, like writing songs and taking that time to make sure that what you're putting out is worth it. Because especially nowadays, we're living in like single culture where, you know, Fans will like put out a mediocre thing every three months just to keep their Spotify active. And like, I mean, I guess some people need to do that, but I just hate digesting music like that. Like, I'd rather wait two or three years to hear a really good album than hear mediocre shit every other month coming from a band. I agree, but I think there's ground to be met in the middle. This is the thing people don't realize. When you're a band, it is so much fucking harder and I love hip hop and electronic music and and all kinds of music to, to get a recording done, to get all those things done quickly than it is in other kinds of music that are basically done with you and a computer, you know? Yeah. If bands are willing to kill themselves in the way that I think we are, you can get shit out quickly, but it's not going to be like it is for them. It's going to be quality shit, I mean. It can happen, but it's going to take double the work. And so if you want to go that the, the pace of other kinds of music, you're going to put out shit. Because it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a lot harder to make, to, to make quality, full band, especially heavy music that's interesting. And still put the pace on them in terms of release. It's doable, but it takes full-time commitment, in my opinion, completely full-time. I think it takes beyond full-time commitment, if we're being honest, because, you know, if a full-time would be a quote, what, like a 40-hour work week, you're you're probably working four fucking full-time jobs, dude, as far as I'm concerned. 100%, but at the end of the day, I'm lucky as fuck. I don't, like, 
I'm so grateful that we're in the, like, again, and we're not even in like the position I would like to be in, which is like comfort. I mean, we're, we've got a roof over our heads and I'm, and I'm blessed on that 100%, but we're not like making money off this. It's a fucking struggle. It really is. I'm not going to fucking sit here and lie. It's a struggle, but we're doing it. And I'm so grateful to do it. Like, I don't want to do anything else. So if that's the case, if I really look in the mirror and say, I really don't want to do anything else. Well, then you have to, you have to go not just one extra step, but 20. And that's why I think we've, you see our success is very incremental. It's like this. It's not like boom, boom. And that's tough. It's, it takes a lot of time, but we're always going up. And I really feel that's based off the back of work. And that's pretty much it. I think it's good. I think that, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I mean, I guess I'm not glad that it's a slow build because everybody wants things faster. But I think we both understand just like from maybe aspects of things outside of music, just in life in general. I think patience is a good practice. I agree. 100%. I agree. It just, you you're able to appreciate and learn more about what you're doing and actually figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes if shit happens too fast, you can get burned out and then not be where you are now. Like as you'd mentioned before. Happens to a lot of guys for sure. Agree. Agree. With, you know, going back, you know, into like, you know, like the early days of what, you know, Code Orange was doing and what you're doing now. Is there anything like musically that like you would maybe would have expected uh, any direction musically you would have expected the band to go that it just didn't end up going or like, is that like a weird question? Do you know what I mean? No, that's not a weird question. I totally get what you're saying. Um, I'm just trying to think like there was definitely a path we were on going through our first record as code orange kids before we changed our name and kind of reset the timeline a little bit. And I think maybe like a common misconception of that is that like we were embarrassed of that or didn't like that. I'm in no way embarrassed of any of it. I do like a lot of it still. I just think I saw the end of the road. It was like our tape, our seven inches, our it splits even. It was all built up to that. Even like aesthetically, it was all in the same exact lane. And like the road didn't have a lot of ways to go. And we did that one and it was like, we need a fucking retool. I just knew it needed a shot in the ass right there. So that's the only thing that maybe would be unexpected was to do a turn and almost, I call it rebuilding the house because in some ways for that next record, I am King, we did simplify it in some ways and make it a little less chaotic and whatever, but that shit's come all the way back. Now this one's as fucking crazy as ever. <laughs> so it's just like rebuilding the, the basis. The foundation just wasn't quite built right for me and for all of us. And now, aesthetically, visually, musically, we built it the way we wanted to build it. And we were ready to take heat for that. And we've taken, we took lots of heat for it. We've taken lots of heat for lots of shit. It's just like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're you're always going to do something that somebody's not fucking happy with. There's no fucking way to make everybody happy. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we shifted course. And then we're able to bring back some of those tools as the records went on. Any way more tools. This record is the most comparable one to that record than any of them. This one and the very first one in terms of it being just an amalgamation of so many things, but in a, in a, in a, but now it's in a concentrated effort. It's mm-hmm. thought out as opposed to then it was kind of just, blah, you know what I mean? Totally. Here's what we got. I don't know. 
yeah, it, doing it. It's one of those things where, you know, I'm really curious to see where it goes next because I feel like you've already you've you've pushed so far in so many different directions and I fully believe that you guys can push further. I just have no idea what it is and I'm very curious to hear it whenever it happens. I think I feel like we're definitely at another crossroads. Almost like that first time. But not in terms of we would really shift it up because I really love what we built now and I love the house we built and I want to continue. But we have to make a shift. You can't really I really don't believe, and this is what, again, COVID has taken away on our end. It's taken away way worse stuff on everyone else then. But this record is like the pinnacle of what we were trying to do. It hits all those notes. Now, we got to do something different. I mean, I don't think we can just do a crazier version of that record. Uh, to me, it, I, I I still listen to it and I'm like, I just don't like, maybe it gets crazier for some people. Like it could be more extreme, but like it's very extreme. The first three songs are three of the most extreme songs you ever made. I mean, it's very melodic. It's very all these things. So I think it, this whole thing is going to force us to rethink it. And I think we are at another crossroads in terms of what we got to do. And we're thinking about it right now because it's, again, we ain't touring. So we're thinking of it and we're, we're working on stuff, but we can't just like forever to me, it was a clear path to this one. I didn't know how we were going to do it, but it's like, okay, this is not all the way we can go with this. Like I love it and it's sick, but with more skills that we need to develop, we can take this to a fucking insane direction where people will just be like, what the fuck? And I think we did that. And now what do we do? That's what I got to figure out. Basically we're at another crossroads for sure. With, you know, life outside of code orange which i imagine isn't much of um, you've mentioned it before you're doing this fucking 24 7 but you know i'm curious you know you know you mentioned adventures before in the past which was another project that you guys had been doing you know is there any other music that you guys do outside of code orange even if it's just for fun to just like keep your brain and the juices flowing do you work on just like weird side project stuff or solo stuff at all for sure, to an extent. I mean, like Eric and I have Shade, and I have a like production thing that we we're building up now called Nowhere to Run Productions, and uh, it's audio visual. We've done a lot of we've already done a good amount of visuals for people. We're working on music. It's a lot of it. The music's more in the hip hop lane, and we're working with hip hop artists to kind of like what I would like to do is not only work on like the beat side, but like try to help curate and like make a vibe for people, you know, cause I think that's something that we're really good at. So there's some artists that we've been working with. So we work on it on that end. Shade obviously makes electronic stuff when he, even though he's really busy, um, Reba has some songs for sure. And they're super good. And some of them I think could fit for our shit and some of them couldn't. So I don't know what'll come of that. Um, in terms of like adventures, like not that to ask, but I'm sure some people will be interested it's just it was just at the point where it's like it was another crossroads it was like we can't do this and do that right now we can't make a record like forever and focus we made i am king and supersonic home record i was trying to remember what the fuck it's called even though i think it's sick but (laughs) 
literally Monday, I am king. Tuesday, Supersonic Home. Wednesday, I am king. Thursday, Supersonic. Literally like that. In the same room. You know? With everybody involved. And that was sick. And I love them. And I love both records. And some people, that's their favorite records we've done. But to make a record that's like these records, you need full fucking attention. And the way that was going, one, I hated doing it live. I thought it's, I just was like, this sucks. I don't even, it's like, I'm not getting anything out of this at all. That's, that's all I, that's all I knew. And I was like, it just, it just started to clash in my mind. And Joe felt the same way. And we were kind of the catalyst for being like, fuck this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it could, it could happen at someday. Maybe it would happen with all of us. Maybe Reba would do it. I don't know if she would, because the songs are very much her, myself and Kimmy together. But, you know, there's a lot of ways to go, but I really want to get Code Orange to a certain level. And that is my fucking goggles on goal. And maybe once we get to that level, we'll feel more comfortable with going other ways, but we're not there yet. We're definitely not there yet. You'd mentioned, you know, working with hip hop artists and helping them with a vibe and some may call it branding. I think another thing to an extent, but yeah. it's like, just like, but in a cool way, like it's not target, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. shit that <laughs> sure. Continue. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think that what I was going to say is I think that that's another really cool thing that you guys have done over the years. And you'd mentioned it before with like showing the promotional posters behind you. Like you found like a vibe and a theme that worked and you decide to stick with it and grow on it. And that's something that yeah. a lot of hip hop artists, particularly in the past, you know, half decade have been really good at doing and they have found success. And I think that's where a lot of rock metal loud bands have failed. They just yeah. suck at being like, Hey, you know, we are something that you can be a part of. Like this is more than just, you know, some dummies making music, right? Like for sure. And definitely. I, I think that, you know, when it comes to that branding, again, hate I hate the word too, but the whole visual aspect of Code Orange, that's something that I've seen yeah. grow a lot too over the years. And I can tell that a lot of time's been put into making that like vision, like it all one big thing. Like it's not just music. You you pay a lot 100%. more attention to it. It's as important as the music to me in a lot of ways. Like, I love that visual aspect. I love that. And I knew on I Am King, I had no clue what they were going to look like, but I knew we were going to stick with it. That's It was like, okay, we've rebuilt it. We're not rebuilding it again. You know what I mean? Sure. And we stuck with it. And every each one, we've... It's difficult because you got to find a way to evolve it so it's not stale. Like for me, it's something as little as like the first one's black and white. The second one has painting and 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 photo composite and a little bit of color. And the third one's almost like 3D, you know? So it's like a build of Sonic's visuals. It all has to go up together. And finding the way to do that over time and through different influences and stuff. I love that. That's so important to me. Mm -hmm. And it's been really cool to, you know, not only see the stuff grow visually just on like a album artwork perspective, but a live show perspective because you motherfuckers put a lot of time and energy into putting together this crazy fucking live show. People have seen the live streams. All that stuff was really fucking cool. That's a whole nother thing we didn't even fucking touch on, but like, that's been really, really fun, but I imagine probably bittersweet in some regards too. Dude, the last one was, dude, 
I don't know if you saw the last one, but it's cool. I think being in the building and then seeing it and you're like, how the fuck, even me, I'm like, how the fuck did we do this there? You know what I mean? But that's also through my, you know, through our connections, being able to do it there and through loyalties and friendships, you know, um, it's bittersweet, but man, it's been cool. It's been cool to show like, okay, what if we were in an arena and we could afford that? But on a very DIY budget and making it happen very DIY, uh-huh. building the stage and all this shit that we couldn't do on the road. And we got to the last one, especially, we got to show that. It's like, what if we were that we get to show people instead of just tell them? So it's been a blessing in disguise. Same thing with under the skin. People who are complaining about us, who, for instance, maybe even like adventures or like whatever and complaining about us, they think they're tough and all this stuff. Then you get that. It's like, what the fuck can you say? It's the opposite of that. So we're just, I like giving them nothing to say. So we do it all. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm very pleased. I think that trap, that road is kind of coming to a close as well. I think we, I think we burnt that shit out as about as good as we can do it right now with those three, you know? Sure. So I don't know what else to do in that department right now. So we're, we're kind of going to shift, I think. Yeah. I think that you had mentioned that you're doing, you know, the Twitch stuff, which I think is a cool way to like have like a lower scale but still be connected with people across the world the live stream stuff is so easy to get burned out on i think most people are probably already burned out on it and you know there's so much work that goes into it and you know at the end of the day i think it's awesome that you have that stuff because now you have visuals that you can use to promote for however long you want but like it's like, fuck, you know, we need to be on a stage doing this in front of like strangers because the only people that are probably watching these live streams are people that already know who we are. And if we want to grow, we need to like, you know, I completely agree. That's the main. That's the main bittersweet part, but we've watched it grow in a way and it's been great and it exists now. And if we can get people to it, they can see every what we can fucking bring. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's hard because I want to be in front of people that don't know us. You know, I really want that. So hopefully like we got this Grammy thing, if we can win that or that'll give us a platform. And then maybe people go check out back inside the glass the last stream. We did and they're like, what the fuck? Who's this band? You know, that's the hope. It's tough. It'd be, it'd be easier on a stage in front of a crowd that's forced to be there, but <laughs> it's tough, you know? Yeah. Congrats on the Grammy nomination, by the way. That is bonkers. Super bonkers. I think Thank that... You, brother. It's something that a lot of people, you know, going back to the very beginning of this conversation before we wrap things up, it's just like, you know, it's so easy, I think, for people in this metal, hardcore, whatever demographic to feel like they're not capable of achieving more. And I think that that's what holds people back. And it's been really cool to hear you just say that like you knew you were capable of more and you're always challenging yourself. I just wish more people had that mentality because just because something is alternative or something is aggressive or extreme doesn't mean that it can't be put on a platform for like millions of people to enjoy because millions of people love this shit. I agree, man. I hope and I agree. I... But at the end of the day, it's definitely quality first. Make sure what you're doing is something you would put on your fucking grave. I love our records. Whatever happens, all the other shit we're trying to pull off. I love our records. I'm proud. I'm so proud of our last record. I mean, I'm so proud of this record. Like, it pains me that we can't get it out to more people right now. And we're still going to try. We're we're still going to figure out more ways to do it. Because I just believe like if people could hear it, 
people that don't know anything about this shit, I feel like there would be something in it for them and they would love it. Like, that's just my belief. And I, that belief can't be sh shaken. So I completely agree. Like you have to believe in yourself, but even more importantly, you got to be down to put the work in and you got to be down to make something that's quality and accept if it's not and try to fucking hammer it out until it is, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all that being said, as we're rounding the station and wrapping things up here, I want to thank you again for taking the time to chat with me about this. I really appreciate it. It was thank cool you. running into you out at uh, Preserving Underground, which uh, that was awesome. And uh, it was cool seeing you. And uh, man, I don't know. Like, if anybody is sat through this hour long conversation but still hasn't listened to the new fucking record, go check it out. It's available. Check it out. Literally everywhere that you can listen to music but i'm sure these motherfuckers would prefer if you bought a copy off of them or buy a t-shirt or something they're trying to keep the ship afloat even though For you sure. know it's funny being like you know grammy nominated and all of this cool stuff but still like fuck man i'm still in the shit dude i'm still if only people fucking knew bro <laughs> i'll i'll let i promise i'll let everybody know when we're out of the shit you know what i mean <laughs> and one thing one thing i want to say real quick just in case anybody like local that we knew or anything is listening to this. And this is for you too, bro, for sure. Like if you rode out with us and, and just, you know, not doesn't even have to, just, just been in any way proud of our journey or been, uh, glad to see it. I really appreciate you. And I thank you very much and shout out to a lot of people who helped us get there, whether it was, we just talked about Matt Vary or fucking, the guys in girl fight early on or anti-flag or the guys from like heartless and those bands or AJ or you fucking name it, you know, some of them were friends with still some of my best friends. Some of them were not, but I appreciate everyone who was there at any point. And I especially appreciate you if you've, if you've stuck with us. So thank you. Yeah, man, for sure. I, I, I really, 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 really like your band a lot. I like you guys. I think you're super cool. I don't, I mean, I never really got the chance to, know any of you super personally but it's always been cool to watch you grow and i think even if you weren't from pittsburgh i would still think you were a really good band it has nothing to even do with that Thanks, man. it's just genuinely like this is my you shit. remember you remember when we were supposed to sing in the same band the band with matt very yeah. and uh wasn't i didn't i sing was it before you or after you for like one practice i think it was before what? it was before yeah what was it what well, it was called something different before you got. Yeah, you I got think in they it. were trying to call it like, was it like society or something like that? Like some or I forget. I must have. All I know is I must have botched the audition because I was I was on the fucking outs. <laughs> I'm not. After I, that. Uh, I'm this not. motherfucker took my spot. I want everyone <laughs> to know I had my spot. I could have been singing way before this record. But this guy right here came in and fucking he fucking smashed me out for respect. I'm just playing. Yo, dude. But I, that's so Pittsburgh's so small, dude. It's so funny thinking about those days because I remember like you had mentioned recording with Matt Vary, and I remember like hearing like some of the first stuff that you were recording with Matt. And it was like when you were like really first starting to take that like harder, like hardcore sort of edge and him playing it for yeah. me. And I was like, whoa, like what the fuck? This shit slaps. I mean, I didn't say that then because that wasn't the, the vernacular, but <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I don't even remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude, he, he's so killer. I know I keep shouting him out, but he's been, he's also wrote out with us a lot and I hope people, he's super talented. Like I, I hope he can, 
I hope when people ask me where to go locally, I always tell them him or there's another, and there's another kid now. Oh, what the fuck's his name? He's done a lot of like the, a lot of the hardcore bands recently. Like, Oh fuck. I'm blanking on it. I don't know his name. There's another kid who's fucking killer too. And uh, like resistance wire might be doing some stuff with them. Dom and Jez, him, Dom and Jez, but there's a lot of great local places to record here. So people get in the mix with that and let's build them, them those guys up, you know? Yeah, no doubt. For sure. For sure. Uh, I'll just give a shout out to maybe this is who you were talking about. Were you thinking of Shane? It's cerebral audio. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gray Walker just tracked with him last weekend. We just recorded four songs. It was killer. He's, he's really kind of cool becoming dude. the guy. He's he's becoming the guy around here. And Matt Berry's still the guy too. I don't know what his studio situation is, but I know he built one, right? Yeah. Like he he and so either way, both guys are gonna win and, and they're not gonna fucking gouge you, I'm sure. So go do it. They're they're two killer guys hell yeah dude well with all that being said i'm gonna do my outro and i'm gonna let you get about your day because i'm sure you have some important things to do because it's a never-ending hustle <laughs> yeah, i guess <laughs> with all that fucking being said uh that's the wrong button fuck it and that's all folks thanks so much for being here one more time jamie morgan thank you so much code orange i really appreciate taking the time i'll be back again in a couple days with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2020 Woo woo! thanks for listening and we're done thank you my friend that is a podcast thanks brother appreciate it, it was awesome <laughs>